morning. It's good to be here with you. My name is Rebecca Wan Changson. I've been practicing with the temple for four and a half years. I first visited the garden and the meditation hall partly because I had a long-standing interest in spiritual practice, Korean heritage, and Korean Buddhism. Temple outreach caught me by the hand. The Sangha, our leadership, and the truth of Ilwan have since offered gateways of faith and practice for which I am ever grateful. In 2018 as well, I was fortunate to accompany our temple pilgrimage to Korea and experience a connection with the homeland of Wan Buddhism. It's beautiful springtime here in North Carolina, and the green is slowly appearing overhead in our trees. One thinks of them often in this weather. They appear often, too, in our scriptures. Founding Master Sotesong and Master Chungsan both constantly compared the cultivation of faith and practice to the cultivation of fruit trees. Master Sotesan's vision of an early Buddhist paradise was richly forested. The people will create wonderful parks by planting various trees and plants on the pleasant summits of tall mountains, he wrote, creating ponds for raising fish with exotic rocks and aged trees beautifully arranged around them. When people step out of their houses and look around, they will see a forest full of trees. Once we're told of a revered master advanced in practice who was saved from temptation in the nick of time by a falling persimmon. On another occasion, Master Chongsan himself invites a sympathetic smile, protecting a favored persimmon tree from birds that ruined the fruit by poking at it. Even those birds should not accrue debts when they're not rendering any assistance in the founding of this great order. Shoo them away. When the attendant was not around, the master shooed them away himself. He seems to have appreciated fruit. After finishing eating an apricot, he remarked to someone nearby, do not throw away the fruit stone, but plant it somewhere around the practice site. A mind that enjoys planting trees is a virtuous mind. Then he added, even though you may not see it bear fruit in your lifetime, you will be planting seeds for virtue, for posterity. This is the person of a way's state of mind, he said, which has ample room for advancement. So enjoy planting trees. In the poem written on the ridgepole of the first temple at Kilyongni, we hear on the bright loom of one with the shuttles of the sun and moon weave the law of eternally changing seasons. And then, the pine tree stands gathering the remaining spring from the myriad trees. The brook roars with rainwater gathered from the drizzle on a thousand peaks. I come back often to one passage in particular in the doctrine section of the scriptures, section 23. There, Master Sotisan says this, my method of edification, to give a simile, could start either from the branches and leaves of a tree to reach the roots, or start with the roots 
to reach the branches and the leaves. This is because I make the Dharma available according to a person's capacities. He gives us no more detail than that, but there is no need. The simile is powerful. The Dharma reached people of varying capacity in that early Wan community, and it reaches us now in our different situations, on different days, in moments when we are more or less capable. Specialists remind us that we only see the top half or so of every tree we look at. At the bottom, a huge root network is ideally patterned in shape, both for keeping the tree stable in the earth and for absorbing nutrients, water, and oxygen, which flows upward. At the very top of the tree, the leaves are ideally distributed for catching as much sunlight as possible without shading the other leaves. And every green leaf, in every green leaf, air and sunlight create the tree's fuel, which flows downward. In between, in branches and trunk, some wood cells grow to form a structure that gives strength. Others enable flexibility, and fibers in cells are angled at about 20 degrees so that they will radiate force obliquely, easing stress when the tree bears pressure from the wind. Where branches branch out, fibers grow in reinforcing joins patterned like this to be stronger. Everywhere, strength and sustenance in a tree flow materially and structurally, both up and down. Living trees are an encouraging reminder that the Dharma is rich and that this practice based on true void and marvelous existence is present in every hour, on every occasion. At times, we work on whatever item happens to be the most challenging precept of any given day. Other times we sit, quiescent in marvel, opening into the void. There are small miracles. The flow moves from the top down and from the bottom up. This wealth, though, can sometimes seem unbelievable. Earlier this week, I had to laugh. I had started a meditation session, still frustrated and angry. Official business and emotional battles were not going well. An event in the news was upsetting. Media interpretation of the news was upsetting. And my neighbors hire the loudest lung care in all of Chapel Hill. Dharmakaya Buddha. You know, perhaps, a moment after meditation, sometimes, right when the everyday and the way things have always been can snap back into place, or just seat back unnoticed. On tough days, how long before that happens? A few minutes until the phone rings? Two hours? I set a personal record this week, halfway up from seated meditation, timer in one hand, reaching to turn off the lamp with the other, whomp, bliss, Clarity, gratitude, out the window, struggle resumed. We turn away from paradise. How can it be, really, that all is well and every human problem of life and death is solved? 
Like Macbeth, on some days we may feel that this is impossible as a forest that unfixes its roots and marches up a hill. One day, an early member of the order saw some exceptionally beautiful old pine trees and wished they could be transplanted back at the temple. But the temple and those trees are both within our boundaries, Master Sotesan replied, stating what did not appear right then to be true. Our temple has not left those old pine trees, and those old pine trees have not left our temple. You have not yet discovered the original home of the great universe, the transcending, or by transcending discrimination and the gap between things. His follower asked, what sort of place is this original home of the grand universe? The founding master said, since you would not understand it, even if you were to see it now, I will show you by drawing a symbol. He then traced the Ilwan song on the ground and said, this is the original home of the grand universe. Within it are included, without exception, infinite hidden principles, infinite treasures, and infinite creative transformations. Another follower then asked the question we ask now, sometimes every day, what can I do to find my way to this home and become its owner? How, in other words, can I dwell securely? How can I live here every day? The answer to, move a tree, to how to move a tree is as familiar as sticks and leaves. One may enter by acquiring the key of the three great powers. The master says, what are the three great powers? We are reminded that they are inquiry, cultivation, and choice, the three studies set out in the doctrine chart. That key is forged through belief, zeal, questioning, and dedication. These again are old friends from both the doctrine chart and the nine daily precepts. We know these, we live here. Together, let's practice this spring. Let's dwell in this home in marvel and save and plant our apricot pits. These old pine trees have not left our temple. Let's dig fertilizer into the dirt. Thank you. Mm -hmm.